So, Spencer, I heard you love using ejaculated as your dialogue tags. Yes. Everyone, though, instead of said, yeah. instead of John said, it's always John ejaculated. Or Mary said, it's Mary ejaculated. Yeah, it's, I think it, it spices up the, <laughs> you know, a little bit. I would love to read a novel where the, whoever wrote it, what they use for every dialogue tag was just ejaculated. Oh, well, I'm sure if you got one of those books from those poorly written erotica people from a couple conventions ago. Everybody's my, just ejaculating. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. Their words are just being ejaculated all over the place. <laughs> What does ejaculated even mean outside of what we think it means? <laughs> like, what's the actual? Yeah, I feel like there's a definition I should look up, but I think it's just going to be the dirty one, which is actually supposed to be the clean version, but I feel like ejaculated sounds worse. Yeah. If somebody says, like, ooh, did you ejaculate, baby? I'm like, oh, God, you nasty lady. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's gross. Too proper. <laughs> Too ejaculatory. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. You're going to have to clean your sofa, tree. Well, the first one is what you would assume yeah. it would be. But the second definition, say something quickly and suddenly. Indeed, ejaculated the stranger. Was the, <laughs> yeah. was the, uh, the, the definition or the, the example they used. That's great. Yeah. So, folks, Google ejaculated. Wow. Stay away from the images and make sure you uh, read their examples. It's pretty hilarious. Not really hilarious. That's too strong of a word. People use hilarious wrong, in my opinion. Because hilarious, to me means you are laughing so much that you go into a f- uncontrolled fit. Yeah. And you might actually die. Because people <laughs> used to have hilarious fits and they would die of laughter. It was a weird, like, thing that would happen. Some kind of mob mentality back in the day. And the dance, uh... You remember the old stories of people getting into, like, unstoppable dance frenzies and everybody's yeah. dancing until they die? Weird. I think that probably Mercury had a lot yeah. to do with these things. I don't know where I was going or what we were talking about. Ejaculated. Ejaculated. We were ejaculating suddenly. No, that's that's the wrong use. No. Mindy, fix me a sandwich. Caleb ejaculated. <laughs> See, that just doesn't... I don't think you should use that anymore. It works, but it's not works for the reason why he wanted to work. <laughs> and if it means quickly or suddenly... Ooh. <laughs> so many puns. There's so many ways you can make that extra raunchy. Um, yeah, but dialogue tags, man... Use them, but don't use ejaculated too often. And if you do, please send us the outcome because that that would be hilarious. But this whole episode is going to be about dialogue, so stick around after this funky intro. Hey there, folks. You are listening to the Drunk Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. You might hear the Nitro in the background barking throughout the episode because he is insatiable today. He's crazy. He's a owner, eh? He's a madman. With me today, as always, Spencer, the Dublin Dirt Digger Church. Just made that up. Yeah. You dig dirt in Ireland, apparently. I've done worse things. (laughs) You've dug into worse things. (laughs) Speaking of digging, you got some raw meat over there. She just waited till I hit the record button to start opening. He's gonna keep working. Yeah, he wants his food. Yeah, you give him that. Free beans. Oh shit, son! Oh shit, getting vegetables. He eats better than I do. Already healthier than you. Oh, he's definitely way healthier. <laughs> if I did more exercising. 
Damn. That sounds fucking disgusting. <laughs> that should be the opening of every episode. <laughs> you good? No, she just threw that spoon in there to rot. <laughs> Didn't rinse it off. Raw food, raw meat on it. All right, so. Jesus. Today's episode, we're talking dialogue, baby. More specifically, your guide to writing better dialogue. This comes from the New York Book Editors, so you can check them out at newyorkbookeditors.com. Never heard of these fine folks, but they seem like they got some good good info. Um, going to go ahead and skip their long intro and just get right into it. Why use dialogue? Why not, really? Uh, yeah, I mean... What kind of stories are you telling where you don't got no dialogue going on? Why use dialogue? Most novels can benefit from well-written dialogue. Even if you enjoy writing dialogue, it doesn't mean that people will enjoy reading it. Here's why. I like how they got this little, like, you have a quote on your website and you yeah. can tweet it. It's like you can quote tweet. I need to probably do that for stuff. If we write articles again, yeah. you can write the articles. Mm. Let's, just, let's just get on with this. <laughs> you already didn't look too happy yeah. when I sent you the thing. Like, dialogue? You mean we got to learn shit today? <laughs> I try to counterbalance our drunken episodes with the ed- like educational ones. Yeah. I know you want every episode to be a drunken yeah. buffoonery, but we might lose some fans that way. Or gain some. I don't know. Yeah. Dialogue is a useful tool for developing your characters and moving your plot forward. Dialogue can help you establish the backstory, and it can reveal important plot details that the reader may not know about yet. That's a good one, because a lot of people do their, I'm sure it's in here, info dump, instead of doing... Um, which I find is better having info distributed through the dialogue. Yeah. If you have the characters bring up the information, it gives the readers a more organic way of learning what's happening without the author just telling you, which can be lame. But you also have to be character be careful because you don't want to just like overdo that either, and just have a character just have like a fifty-page speech. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want your characters to lecture either. That always sucks. You want, you want conversations, not just things of monologues going back and forth. One thing, if you read classic literature, they didn't have that rule in place. So a lot of times it was characters going on for pages and pages yeah. of just a speech. Like they're, And you have to remember, they're talking to someone. Yeah. Who just gets talked at for like an hour? That's not a good conversation in my opinion. Dialogue is great for ratcheting up the tension between characters. Dialogue can also establish the mood. By playing off a character's verbal exchanges, you can set an atmosphere for each scene. Remember that there's tension in what's spoken, and especially in what's not spoken. That might be a tricky one we can learn. How to have the tension in what's not said. All dialogue should pass the following criteria. It must move the story forward. After each conversation or exchange, the reader should be one step closer to either the climax or the conclusion of your story. That's an interesting one. I'm going to have to start looking at my work a little more carefully because I don't know if my dialogue always moves the story forward or if sometimes it's just there there to be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there is a good way to... Cause, I don't know. I don't feel like it necessarily always has to be moving the story forward well, no, depending no, no. on the story you're telling. Yeah, not always. Because sometimes... I guess we probably write based off of like the movies we enjoyed growing up and stuff. So, you know, you have Kevin Smith movie... Uh, just because we were talking about them off air. Like a Clerks, for instance, is famous for its dialogue and yeah. back and forth. But most of those conversations aren't actually moving the story no. forward. Like they're, you know, big debate about Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars and shit like that. That doesn't necessarily move the story forward. It's just entertaining yeah. and people enjoy it. So I think there is a, a little bit of a line there 
you don't want to go too far in just constantly trying to be entertained or anything. Uh, most cases, I would say, move the story forward. But you can have small parts where yeah. it's just kind of a fun conversation. Yeah, because then that way, too, that's uh, dialogue is a good way to... Um to define your characters too, to give the readers a feel on like what kind of person they are, and and like what they might do later on by the way that they they speak and stuff like that. Yeah, again, I don't know if they're gonna. We didn't read this article, so I don't know if they touch on it. But that's a great way to establish a character's personality is through the dialogue and how they speak and how they interact with others. I feel like that's a better way than just describing them, because descriptions. Again, do you want to be told how a character is, or do you want to kind of see it, but also be able to decipher on your own? Because maybe a character, for instance, uh, Holden Caulfield, a lot of people think is a whiny little punk. But in the time, people actually either related or understood him, especially back then. It w- that's why he became such a popular figure at the time. But now, if you read Catcher in the Rye, he's just a whiny little bitch. But again, it's just how people interpret it. So you can have, like when you watch a movie, sometimes a character be like, oh, that guy, he's a fucking dick. I don't like him at all. But other people might like them. Yeah. So. Um, dialogue should also reveal relevant information about the character. The right dialogue will give the reader insight into how the character feels and what motivates him or her to act. Motivation is always a big part. It must help the reader understand the relationship between the characters. That's probably where I use dialogue the most is to establish the relationship between characters. Uh, it's obviously the easiest way to do that. It'd actually be quite difficult to do that without having dialogue. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever read a story where they really established um, or rather like showed you the relationship between characters in a, like a nice, not nice, but like a, a way that would make it enjoyable for you to read without having dialogue. Top tips for better dialogue. Here's what you need to know to write forward focused dialogue. Keep it brief. Dialogue shouldn't go over for pages and pages. If that happens, you should probably be writing a play and not a novel. Whew, that's a good point. Yeah. The best dialogue is brief. It's a slice and not the whole pizza. You don't need to go into lengthy exchanges to reveal an important truth about the characters, their motivations, and how they view the world. Plus, dialogue that goes on for too long can start to feel like a tennis match with the reader switching back and forth between characters. Lengthy dialogue can be exhausting for the reader... Pare the dialogue down to the minimum that you need for the characters to say, or what the characters need to say to each other. Um, maybe just because I've read a lot of Hemingway and things like that, I feel like the way, and even like you with Stephen King, the dialogue's always very well balanced yeah. for a lot of those authors. But I've read some authors where the dialogue, as we were discussing earlier, either goes on and on for pages, one-sided, uh, or what we didn't say is the tennis style where it goes back and forth, but it goes for way too long. Mm. Because I don't know about you, but I've read books where the dot it's like pages and pages of a conversation, and you kind of get bored. Yeah. Like, okay, can we get out of this and maybe go to the actual story now? The only way, the only reason that I, I like those sometimes is because it makes me feel good because, like, you can read, like, a couple pages. Real fast. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, look at me. <laughs> I'm really doing something. <laughs> um, next up is avoid small talk. Oh, this one is music to my introvert ears, says whoever wrote this article, which I didn't see a name, so I'll have to look at it later. In your novel, never ever waste your dialogue with small talk. In the real world, small talk fills in the awkward silence, but in the world of your novel, the only dialogue to include is the kind that reveals something necessary about the character and her plot. How's the weather doesn't move the plot. 
And he goes on and on about that, but I mean, you kind of get the point. But I've seen, especially in modern TV shows and stuff, where they try to add realism by making the characters kind of stutter or throw in some ums or yeah. some likes or some you knows to make it feel a little more organic. And I've read some short stories where uh, usually it's newer authors have done the same thing to try to make it seem a little more real. Yeah. It throws me off. I don't, because like when you watch a TV show or read a book, unlike real life, the conversations are always kind of perfect. Like the way they flow back yeah. and forth. It almost reminds you of the old detective stories. What do you mean she killed him? Oh yeah, I said she killed him. You know, you did not like you just yeah. the, the instant back and forth. And that's not how real conversations normally go. I don't enjoy the broken up, the dumb shit like that. And then when it comes to the small talk, you don't want the small talk because it's boring. I mean, I don't like it in real life, but, you know, like, you get on, how's the weather today? Oh, it's sunny. And that's, like, that's, I, I get what he's saying there. You don't, you don't need to add that into your your story. It's kind of pointless. Uh, oh, you know what? You know, I will read the rest of it, because he goes on to say, uh, don't try to make your dialogue sound too real by including small talk. Small talk can water down the effect, effectiveness of your scene. Um, I agree with that. Let's see. Okay, so here's an example he put so instead of starting with, hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Start with the action. I can't believe you're showing your face around here after what you did to Papa. I See, I don't know if I've ever read somebody who goes into the, you know, fine, you're fine, like that kind of stuff. If they did, it was for a purpose. Yeah. It needs, like, if you're going to do something like that, it has to, maybe like that's a weird, like, like a cult thing or you know yeah. gang movie you have to have this weird conversation back you know or to make or maybe like somebody's about to get killed and the, you know they meet an assassin or something and the assassin starts with a small talk it almost gives the reader like well wait a minute that's not how the story's been going so far like the the, the dialogue's different you might kind of anticipate something so that'd be a way to do that i don't know maybe it's just the kind of writer i am but i've never even really thought about throwing in small talk like that for the most part like the how are you oh fine like i never i mean i guess i could see why people would do it because they wanted again like to be a real conversation you, you meet somebody you don't just immediately go into accusing them of being the butt rape bandit <laughs> they what they go into oh what's up man what's going on heard you might be into buying a lot of lube and you know, <laughs> i just thought that was a little weird and then you know you go into it that way don't info dump, unlike your regular dumps there, Spencer. Yeah, well. While you can certainly use dialogue to learn more about your characters, you shouldn't use it to dump a whole lot of information on the reader. It's cringeworthy to read a dialogue exchange that starts with, As you know, I agree, that is usually pretty terrible. If the character already knows, then why is the... I, yeah, I do, I hate that. You know, I, I see that a lot in TV. Well... As you remember me saying yesterday, and then just goes to, you know, proceeds to tell you everything yeah. that just happened. And I get it. That's for the reader or the watcher, but it's fucking dumb. Like, that doesn't make any sense in that world. But if the character already knows, then why is the other character repeating it? I also hate when characters, especially villains, go into lengthy reasons why they did or are doing X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's like the old Bond trope, right? The villain yeah. just gives away the whole his whole dastardly plan while Bond's like almost getting his nuts cut off. Yeah. But then he like, cause he goes on so long, he gets sabotaged. No one talks like that. No one interacts like that. If you must info dump, don't do it in dialogue. Info dump slows dialogue to a grinding halt. It sounds awkward and it actually insults the reader. So what's the difference between info dumping and revealing relevant information? Info dump is a large amount of exposition given all at once and left for the reader to sort out. 
Relevant information is more subtle and it it's dispensed a little at a time. Yeah, that just goes what he was saying before about you uh, small slices of dialogue. Same with inf- like we were saying earlier. As regular exposition, you don't want just a shitload of info dump. And if you're doing it in the dialogue, it's got to feel natural. So you just want to discuss whatever needs to be discussed. But don't again. Like Stephen King does a good job. He doesn't tell everything at once. Yeah. Like he he breaks things up and just makes it. It's a it, that's an art in itself of learning how to do that. It definitely takes effort. Uh, this one you're making fun of off air. Give your character a unique way of speaking. And the gentleman they have sitting here. <laughs> so unique, that guy. Is so wearing unique. a purple thermal, a yellow backpack, a pinkish purple, I guess that's a scarf or something wrapped around his neck. Glasses, black rimmed glasses, a tan <laughs> fedora that's way really small, so maybe it's a bowler. And he has overly manicured facial hair. That yeah, that's so unique. Yeah, it's so unique, and um, it's a hipster. That's what we described, hipster man. Every character, just like every person you know, will have a unique way of speaking and delivering their thoughts. Some people are more forceful and deliberate; others are more passive and meandering. You can honor these and other different styles without rambling. My preferred method is to focus on word choice. For example, to show that some someone is rather gruff or abrupt, go towards single syllable or somewhat quick words like "yeah." But if I were looking for, let's just stop real quick. That's one thing I always, uh, not necessarily had trouble with, but I try to focus on in my writing is to differentiate characters by the way they speak. And that's kind of hard without just having like, you know, the Southern guy that talks in yeehaw talk and then the, you know, the New York guy that has the, without just doing accents, it's kind of hard to, um, get the proper candidates that you want. But I think, like, if you have a, you know, a quiet, smart character, you can have them kind of have, like, flowy, yeah. long sentences, and then maybe you have the, like he said, the gruff person is just short and abrupt, like, yep. Like, usually, like, a sergeant or yeah. something. Uh, like, in Polly Cooley's Black, he did a good job of yeah. separating who was speaking with the way they spoke. See, like, the whole, um, the whole accent thing... I always have trouble with on how inter- like when it comes to actually how like, hard to go and right, like and how to even just write it out because like you know you've read my stuff just trying to spell things normally yeah and then like wait so what should I be trying to take out for this southern draw like like that stuff can get kind of confusing too well as you'll find as you read more of the H.P. Lovecraft he did a lot of yokels in his work because they're just like weird mountain people. And some of it's almost unreadable. Like, what the fuck is this thing saying? Is this a person, a man, a woman? Like, what is happening? And I think he's made some words up. Yeah. I felt like he's made, or like, you know, like, put two words together that kind of make sense together, but you know that's not an actual word. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes on to describe the the different ways of people speaking. He says, uh, but if I were looking for words for a charming character, I'd choose more graceful phrasing, like, of course. Same basic concept, but different delivery, based on character. Of course, word choice alone can't dictate character. You'll do most of this through characterization. But word choice should subtly support and reinforce characterization. Along with word choice, I also like establishing a pattern of speech. Does the character speak in a sharp staccato or a deliberate, flowy manner? By knowing how the character, especially the protagonist, speaks, you can create consistency whenever the character dialogues with others. Um... That's another thing that's troubling is to try to get a character to like kind of establish their speaking style without using um, 
different descriptors, like oh, all, like saying, you know, she spoke softly, and then yeah. always going with her soft speaking voice. To just trying to to try to display that in the actual dialogue is, I mean, I don't know if I can get, come up with an example of an author who does that very well, but it's. Because it, because if you can do that, that also cuts down on the tags you have to use. Yeah, exactly. Like it's easy when you have somebody that's angry because you could just say they balled up their fist or something. You don't have to say they spoke loudly and yeah. you know they don't they ejaculated. You don't always have to have that. Uh, I always use things like going back to like the soft spoken girl. You know, maybe she uh, instead of saying she spoke, you know, in a meek voice, say you know she spoke to the ground with her eyes cast down or something like that. Uh, just kind of show that she's like you know weak in the in the brain. <sighs> Sorry, I just I was thinking of something weird all of a sudden. Actually, I just started thinking of uh, insane in the brain. Yeah, and I was yeah, just trying yeah. to think of every like lyric for some reason. This was one of those weird things. Anyway, next up, be consistent. Remember to be consistent with your characters. This is where something like Scrivener comes into play, where you can have character or just a notebook. You don't have to have fancy software. Mm. Uh, just write down your characters and their specific traits, not just eye color and hair color, but they're like, do examples of their speaking traits. That's a suggestion I give to you fine readers, but, uh, someone who speaks in a self deprecating and shy demeanor won't automatically become bold and acerbic. When your characters speak, they should stay true to who they are. Even without character tags, the reader should be able to figure out who's talking. See, that's where you can come up with the problem, because if you have a lot of characters in your work, yeah. and then all of a sudden, one's speaking in a way they don't normally speak, because you just forgot, you know, either which character it was, or how they speak. Uh, like he said, you know, maybe uh, an aggressive character is all of a sudden soft-spoken, or vice versa. It'd be uh, kind of confusing to the reader. Create suspense. This is one I want to learn how to do better. Use dialogue to increase the suspense between characters. It's human nature for... Sp- people to withhold what they're truly thinking or feeling people leave a lot unsaid and this is also true for the characters in your novel to create a realistic interaction between your characters you must honor the fact that most people leave a lot of things unsaid but that doesn't mean that the reader can't be privy to what's being left unsaid as a writer you can build the scene show the characters motivations and desires before the scene and let it play out with the reader wanting a resolution that doesn't quite happen Answer the following questions to set up your scene for suspense. Does the character have the upper hand in the scene? Is the character seething just under the surface? What does the reader find out through the exchange? You can control all of this through dialogue. I wish you would have gave some examples of that. Um, I definitely often find myself showing like the characters being angry in their dialogue without them showing the person they're talking to that they're angry. You know, I do a lot of things like the rage bubbling just under the surface, like things like that, just with your descriptors. So that's actually not that hard to do, but to do it properly in a way that doesn't come off cornballish. Or forced. Or forced. Yeah, that's that's the uh, trick there. What you want to do is just write a lot. It comes with practice. You're going to write a lot of shitty fiction and a lot of shitty characters and just a lot of terribleness that might have good ideas behind it until you get better. It's just the natural progression. And then you're going to write some good stuff and then guess what? You're going to write some shitty stuff again. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. a good point too because what ends up happening is uh, you'll get to the point where your writing is well or your writing's good enough and even your storytelling's good enough that you can write well but you'll still have misses. So you might have a hit. And then you're going to have a series of misses and be like, oh, man, I'm shit again. Yeah. No, you're not shit again. It's just you you haven't 
you know, you learn to swim, but you're not, you're not like Michael Phelps yet. Yeah. You're, it's going to take some work. You're dog paddling. Yeah. <laughs> you're not drowning. Yeah. But you're not, you shouldn't go in the ocean yet. <laughs> Next up is honor the relationship. Characters tend to speak differently based on who they're speaking to. That's a very good point. That's another one I would, I should focus on is, uh, I feel like my characters probably speak the same to every character. Then again, my stories don't usually have a, a, a whole bunch of characters. Um, I'll test that in the current story I'm writing because you know the, the you bro- actually you actually have a good, yeah well I have small groups yeah and I have brothers who are speaking to each other in a certain way and then uh, they're gonna meet some ladies and, and then, obviously the ladies they're gonna speak differently to so that's gonna be a fun that's a quick test I can do here soon. A character will speak to his mother differently than he does to his best friend. That's not a shift in consistency. It actually gives more depth and realness to the character. You can still stay true to the personality you've created by using the same speech pattern. You know what would be cool with that? Like, if you had a scene where Lily, he, you know, who one of the brothers is talking to, you know, his brother, but is also talking to, like, the girls in the same scene and just how he's different to eat, like, you know. He would definitely be a different person towards his brother. Yeah. That's another way to establish dynamic between characters. Because, you know, say you and your brother might talk to each other a certain way, but when your mom's in the room, yeah. you're both changing how you talk for her versus, how you know, talking the same to him, but talking to yeah. her, like, you know, all brash and, hey, fucking, hey, mom, butt sick, like, you know, yeah. dumb stuff like that. Uh, so that's another way you can establish kind of a hierarchy, too. If you have somebody that's... uh like always telling good, somebody shut up or something like that. I'll, I'll use the example of uh, two privates in the army or something bickering and you know how they talk to each other all dirty and stuff. And then all of a sudden like a lieutenant or whatever they are, admiral, general, something comes in. Some higher ranking member. I just member. combine like the army and navy <laughs> and everything. But yeah, like a general comes in and it's not just, oh, you know, they stand at attention and they're – no, then all of a sudden they're very proper and they're spe- they show – just the way they speak to him versus how they were just speaking to yeah. each other shows that this is a man of importance or a woman yeah. of importance. So they have to that's – that's a great way to establish things without actually saying, oh, this guy's you know, the Because you could do that on the sneak tip too by having uh, – if you have a story with assassins or gangsters or something, just one of the characters walk in and all of a sudden everybody's treating him with great respect. You don't even have to say who that character is. They, yeah. you, the reader automatically go, oh, that's, that's an important guy. He's a head honcho yeah. or – He's killed some folks, or like that's a guy to be scared of. Next up, Spencer's favorite show: Don't Tell. Talked about this many times. Yeah, in like all aspects of writing. <laughs> <laughs> show Don't Tell was the writer's mantra when writing dialogue. It's easy to start telling what the characters are feeling instead of showing it. Instead of your character saying, "I'm angry, Jan." Fucking bitch, Jan. Mm, Jan. Describe how the character's body is closed, tight lips, narrow eyes, deep breaths. So that's kind of what I was saying, like the balled up fist and stuff. Uh, don't underestimate your reader. The reader likes to see the scene. Pick up the cues and come to the conclusion instead of being told what to think. Your dialogue shouldn't be completely on the nose and explain exactly what the character is feeling. Most people, including your characters, aren't always aware of how they feel, and sometimes what they say they feel is different from what they truly feel. So don't get lazy with your dialogue. Use it to reveal characters, but not directly. By the way, body language is an important part of dialogue. It should be written into every scene. It gives the reader important clues that they'll need to recreate the scene in their mind. You don't have to put that in every scene if you're just doing because again he's going with every scene you know every bit of dialogue moves the scene forward. You don't always have to do that if you're just having a quick little entertaining conversation. You don't have to go into all that, but for the most part, if you're moving the scene forward, yes, you should should use that. Spencer, how long is this fucking article? 
We gotta get to a book club, man. Book club. Beer club, man. <laughs> Basically. Minimize identifying tags. He said, she said, gets boring after a while, and the answer isn't to switch out those said tags with other words like enthused or shouted or ejaculated. <laughs> he totally said that. <laughs> By the way, when in doubt, said wins out. Said wins out. The word said. Shut up, Spencer. Not only is it boring for the reader to constantly see he said or she, she said or said she. Stop phrasing things, weird guy. It's also disruptive. Identifiers take the reader out of the immersive world of your story and reminds them that you, the author, are relaying a story. That can be pretty jarring, and it can happen if you use identifiers too often. Of course, you can't not use identifiers. They're vital for establishing who's speaking, but can be minimized by doing the following. Creating a unique pattern of speech, as we discussed above. Using descriptive follow-ups, i.e., that's not what I said, Vincent reached for the rock. I love the second option. You can show what the characters are doing to further emphasize their words or add context to the scene. I usually do that where I have a character, you know, pick up the per proverbial rock. Or, uh, I mean, I don't do it very often, but sometimes, usually at the beginning of a conversation or something, you can establish who's talking by simply saying the person's name. Like, hey, what's up, Steve? You know, something like that. And uh, how do you feel about the dialogue tag, Spencer? You use them too much? You use them not enough? use them i use them i try to i try to wait, stay away from the said as much as possible but sometimes it's like it's said it, it's like, it just it, sometimes it's just that's what it has to be like yeah well the said's the you know the normal go-to because the reader just kind of pass they don't really like they look at it but they just kind of go but you don't want every sentence to be he said he said he said uh again if you establish who's speaking from the get-go and especially if they have a certain way of speaking then it's real easy to have it flow because then it's just like almost like yeah. watching a movie. You just see who's speaking. Greetings and goodbyes aren't always necessary. While it's only polite to say hello and bid adieu, it's not necessary in novel dialogue to document these courtesies. You can use exposition for salutations, but do avoid writing a blow-by-blow. -blow. Instead, set up the scene by describing how the characters enter or leave the scene. I never really thought of that one because I don't think I've ever said goodbye or hello in yeah. any, any of my dialogue. I mean, I guess it would make sense, but... I don't know. How many times do you say hello or, or goodbye to people you're close with? Like, yeah. at, when you're talking to them in person. I mean, I guess you say, hey, have a good one or whatever. Or see you, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I never really thought of it too much. Avoid speeches and soliloquies. Most people in conversation form do not have the privilege of extended speech. Or if they do, they're a jerk. Usually. <laughs> yeah. They're almost always interrupted because who wants to listen to someone natter on and on? I know a few people who natter on and on. And it makes me want to natter him upside the head. <laughs> read it aloud. During the editing process, you should always read your manuscript aloud, but do not pay special attention to your dialogue. The dialogue doesn't seem to flow or you're tripping over your words. It's not going to sound right to the reader. Unless the guy's a stutterer. Even <laughs> though you're not capturing every part of a conversation in your dialogue, everything that's written should sound like an actual person said it. If not... It's time to erase and try again. Here is an example, not an example, here is a quick tip from DPW. When reading dialogue out loud, I find recording it on your phone or a recorder and then playing the back is the best way. Actually, it's a good way just in your story in general yeah. to see, because um, you'll find this if for any of you folks who uh, do your own audio version of your, your novels, you know, if you're recording the story, you'll find things that don't sound right when you say them out loud versus when you read them, you kind of yeah. pass over it. Uh, that's a great way for dialogue, too. When you hear it, especially 
especially if you have somebody else read it and record it and then you hear it, you'd be like, oh, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. Or, hey, that's actually pretty good. So that's that's a good way to do it. Um, that was the end of the article. Again, that is NewYorkBookEditors.com. And the article is Your Guide to Writing Better Dialogue. And again, it doesn't say who this is written by, does it? Um, it's got a lot of comments, so it was pretty popular whenever this was published. Yeah, I don't know why they don't have the author, but uh, I will put this in the show notes for you lucky listeners who actually listen to an educational episode for once. Crazy, you know? Um, you have anything you would like to add with the, the whole dialogue discussion, Spencer? Just that I think one of the more important points is the, um, is the uh, being able to help identify the characters uh, personally and make it easier for whenever the person's reading them in the story. I think that is one of the best, because uh, I mean, what makes the stories is its characters. Yeah. So if that's just another tool to flush them out and make them either more relatable or hateable or whatever, you, you know, whatever you need them to be. I also think that one of the best ways, which might be sound a little cheap here, but one of the best ways to determine whether you're writing your dialogue or not is if it sounds real. Yeah. So if you just stick to writing it as if it was a real conversation. Like, when you're having the conversation, you know, through your fingers there when you're writing, just think as you're doing it that, you know, picture a real conversation between real people, and that should help you a lot. Because often as writers, we want to get into fancier language and really, you know, show our talent in writing and, you know, have the imagery and all this stuff. But in dialogue, that's not really necessary unless the character actually calls for that. For the most part, you just want the characters to be real, and it's the rest of the story that you want to gussy up there, if you will. But yeah, like you said, the, the definitely to show the characters and who they are and their personalities. I think dialogue's probably the best way. If you ever read a story where there is no dialogue, say it's just one man lost in the Arctic or something like that, um, they usually have internal dialogue. Yeah. The person speaking to themselves. Because like, it's almost impossible. Like, You'll find with H.P. Lovecraft, he has some stories where it's just, there's no, I don't think anybody talks. Yeah. There's no internal dialogue, really. It's just the story. It's like ex, just exposition. And you're just like, okay, this is fucking super boring. You're like, is this guy telling this guy to somebody or somebody reading this? Who's or narrating this? Yeah. Also, for you folks who are interested, we were discussing a few ideas for episode topics. Uh, I want to do one on narration. Um, the different ways you can have a narration in your story, whether it's the unreliable narrator, uh, first person's perspective of somebody telling the story, or, you know, we'll, we'll go through that. I want to have a fantasy episode about yeah. some tips on how to write fantasy. And uh, if you folks have any great ideas, let us know. We can always use them. You yeah. can uh, go to com. We have a contact form on there. You can hit us up on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing. You can go to Instagram and Facebook at Drunken Pen Writing. And uh, yeah, that's about it, huh? Yeah. Again, I'll have the, the article we read off of in the show notes. And you folks have a wonderful evening. Bye. Bye.